Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. Now I'm Adam. And I'm Zach and Adam, Adam, Adam. Hey, 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 ready to go back to the age of disco? And <laughs> This isn't we, a Dazzler episode, we, yeah, but we are Yeah, we already did Double Dazzler. Yeah, We already did Double Dazzler. We're not doing any Dazzler right now. This is a Zero Dazzler episode. Uh <laughs> But it was an episode that was explicitly pitched to us as, hey, what are some stories from the 70s that you guys just haven't done yet? Yeah, I'm really glad that we're doing this because, you know, we've kind of walked around some of these stories and uh, got some great stuff for you guys today. We really do. And we have that great stuff thanks to Patreon supporter Robert. Now, Robert went on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf. That's Comics X-Ray Foxtrot or Xavier Files or anything else that XF could stand for (laughs) Um, and tossed a couple of dollars into our coffers. Now that goes right into the pockets of our incredible writers over on Comics XF uh, who are doing some of the best independent comics criticism and journalism and news and jokes that you have ever seen. It's so good. I'm so proud of that group. Uh, If you've been watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, we have been doing very good discussions about that. Uh, I guess that series is wrapped up. We don't know what has happened uh, as we're recording this, but hopefully not enough to make it awkward that we're talking about this show on a Monday. (laughs) I bet it'll be fine. It's a sanitized Marvel property. It'll be exactly what you expect. Looking Um, forward to it. It'll be I've been re- so I've been reading the Mark Greenwald Captain America run. Okay, while this has been coming out. Yeah, and I feel like this show has so much in spirit with the Mark Greenwald Captain America run, in that one, it's very adapted from it uh, with some characters change around, and two, I don't know if it's good. The show or the book? Both. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, it's you know it's definitely been a mixed bag, but. Uh... You know what's not a mixed bag, Zach, is uh, the the amazing first story we're going to talk about here on uh, the show. Um, are you talking about the... the original Phoenix Saga from Uncanny X-Men 105, 107, 108, uh, written by Chris Claremont with art on the first two by Dave Cockrum uh, and with John Byrne on the last one, his first issue on the series? I sure am, and uh, man, I... You know, like we've obviously put Dark Phoenix Saga uh, right at towards the top of our gigantic list, but it, it kind of escaped me that we had not touched upon uh, the arc of issues that that takes place um, almost immediate, not immediately, but almost immediately after Gene transforms. And yeah. uh, these are just a delight. Yeah. So this is a story where. Well, it's okay. So it does start incredibly wildly. Oh yeah, like Silver Age wildly, <laughs> like to the point where I thought, no, I we 
we had to have skipped an issue because <laughs> X-Men 104 is the first time the giant sized team fights Magneto. It goes right. pretty poorly actually. They all they all do bad. Mm-hmm. They do really bad. Half their team's made of metal. Magneto's got a he's got a Pokemon type advantage there. Uh, <laughs> and I I knew that was the story and I thought, "Okay. That's fine. We start this Phoenix one and what we got to go to Jean Grey's apartment, and we got to fight Firestar." <laughs> Turns out they immediately get attacked by Eric the Red, page 1, panel 1. I had forgotten that happened. Oh yeah. Uh, because <laughs> Eric the Red is sort of like mind-controlled Havoc and Polaris for a bit, and now has convinced Fire Lord that, uh, you know, this Herald of Galactus needs to go and and, and destroy the X-Men. And uh, what better be, way... For, for... To be fair, from, <laughs> from Devin Shikari's point of view... Absolutely correct. The Phoenix does eat a planet in the Shi'ar Empire. Sure, sure. we'll. I'm just saying, Eric the Red. History has proven him correct on this decision. (laughs) Yeah, at this point in uh, mutant history or in galactic history, uh, he's he's a little bit early. Um, But what's great about this is, um, first of all, we get introduced to a major character in this episode of uh, Battle of the Atom, which is Jean Grey and Misty Knight's apartment, (laughs) where she's just trying to have a nice, relaxing, uh, you know, sort of apartment warming uh where's her dinner party their their apartments in greenwich right i believe so yes and we've we've got the the gray parents are there uh charles is there uh misty is there misty knight you uh, know we all know misty knight right yeah with the robot arm yeah yep bionic she dates iron fist ready to kick some butt Um, she's a daughter of the dragon (laughs) man we don't we don't talk about the fact that Misty Knight and Jean Grey were roommates for a while, and Colleen Wing and Cyclops almost dated. Yeah, that's weird. It, it, Colleen Wing it. is is in this arc too, isn't? It, wait, because uh, isn't Colleen, there somebody Col- traveling? Oh no, that's in another issue. Sorry, yeah, Colleen's I'm getting not ahead in of this ourselves. issue because no. remember, uh, Colleen and Misty meet up with the X Men when they uh, are in Tokyo. Yes, uh, the first that- time. All right, so we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll that'll, get to that. Yeah, that'll happen later. Um, but this is just nonstop action from the the, the get out. So um, we're, we're blowing up the apartment. Phoenix is like trashing Fire Lord. And then we immediately get transported into deep space. And we're, we're suddenly confronted with the Star Jammers with uh the imperial guard with the macron crystal like this thing is like the gas pedal is all the way down here the mad emperor the ken is there eric yeah. the red is de- there it's a lot in 107 i think is an incredibly good issue for john or for dave cockrum to go out on uh and there's there's a couple of things that i like about it that are how do you say that are like spiritually exciting for this to be Cockrum's last hurrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing is the fact that he gets to introduce uh, the Imperial Guard. Now, as <laughs> people who know their X history may know, a lot of the giant size X-Men uh, came from a pitch that Cockrum had for uh, the 
for the uh, a pitch that Cockrum had for DC's Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightcrawler was going to be a character on a different. Uh, I think they were going to be called the Outsiders. I forget what it was. Uh, Storm was a couple of different characters from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Colossus design gets directly reused for one of the Imperial Guardsmen. Uh, and the Imperial Guard themselves are XVs of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Gladiator is Superboy. Mm-hmm. I don't know the rest of the Legion of Superheroes. Timberwolf yeah, is Fang. I know but that. But you, you, you can do a side-by-side on these. and uh, People and have it. since the 70s. Yeah, so, you, you know, I mean, I... You know, I'm not a DC guy, so this is not my forte. But um, Mentor is Brainiac 5. I know that. But it is a really fun kind of reversal. Uh, you know, if you know your your ex-history about where the giant size team came from and, and Cockrum's uh, ingenuity in putting this team together. So, you know, we've got this great smash em up and it's not just the Imperial Guard. When the Star Jammers come crashing in, Oh my God, like just the cast ex- just gl- grows exponentially immediately, and it's so much fun. The thing about this comic is that it has absolutely no chill. This no. is late 70s Marvel, so we're talking 18 page stories, 17 page stories. That's what they've got. This is coming out bi monthly mm-hmm. at the time. So we skipped 106 here. It's a weird flashback thing that Bill Mantlo yeah, later like revisits. Angel in- story. No, well, kind of, but it also involves the entity, you know, the evil part of Charles Xavier from the Micronaut story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we skipped that one because, frankly, I didn't want to reread it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with the rest of this. It's just the story that, that Professor X tells Fire Lord while they're <laughs> hanging out in Jean Grey's apartment waiting for them to get back. It's crazy. Absolutely uh, crazy. Yeah. This story just keeps going and going. And going as fast as it can until the universe is about to end and the Phoenix, like, saves the entire universe in a really cool and powerful way. Like, this is a story that's 100% designed to say Jean Grey, who was once the weakest X-Man, is now so much stronger than any of the X-Men. And not only is she stronger than any of the X-Men, do you know why she fights Fire Lord? Why, why she fights Fire Lord? Specifically, why Fire Lord is the character that she fights. I don't remember. So, Claremont and Cockrum wanted, like, the big proving point to be... Jean Grey is, at this point, Phoenix is stronger than Thor. Like, Phoenix is stronger than, I guess, her son. But... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Zach. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. Jason Aaron did. I know I didn't you do. may you may want to put a little asterisk and explain that because people may in, not understand what you're talking about. In the most about. recent, in the most recent, very bad run of Avengers, we have found out. Deep breath. We have found out that Thor's mom is not Freya and it's not Gaia; it is actually the Phoenix Force, mm. uh, the Phoenix Force who got busy with Odin back in one million BC. Um, I don't like it. I don't it's like bad. That at all. It's bad. Also, now Echo from Daredevil is Phoenix, which I got nothing against Echo. I like her. I think that's a weird choice, Jason Aaron, but beyond the point. So let's let's jump back one diversion back. Uh, this is like Inception. we got to wake up into one dream, <laughs> and we're still in a dream. So in this dream, they wanted, they wanted Phoenix to beat Thor. Yes. And 
their editors, who Archie Goodwin was the editor-in-chief and editor at the time, said, no, she's not going to fight Thor. She's not going to beat Thor. Thor's Thor. Mm -hmm. And they said, hmm, well, if I look at my Marvel handbook, who is Thor? Who's beaten Thor? Firelord (laughs) has beaten Thor. So by the transitive property, Jean Grey can beat Thor. That's a real thing that these nerds in the 70s did. That's great. Yeah, I've never heard that story. But it makes That's, a lot of sense to throw a Herald of Galactus at her and to say, okay, this isn't just a, a mutant thing anymore. This is a cosmic thing now, you know? Yeah, it rules. It, it, it ups the ante so much. You know, when we have the protectors of the, uh, like, we get to meet um, Jaff. <laughs> and uh, I forget who the second one is, the, the guardians of the, the Macron the crystal. The one that's... The one that's like, I am a thousand times stronger than Jaff. Right, right. You know, and not only Mott. that, but... His name's but, Mott. Yeah, when we get to the conclusion of the story, like you said, it, it's basically like the Phoenix rewriting existence uh, from from inside the crystal. Um, and you know the stakes are high because we're getting these Avengers cameos, we're getting the Fantastic Four cameo, all the stuff you normally get when, like, you know it's world-ending business uh, that starts crossing over into the 616. So I just think, like, the uh, the power level here of, of and the cast expanding like it is, it's just so much fun. And you're right, these are 18 pagers. So, you know, we're, we're doing this over a very kind of short page count but it doesn't feel that way like it just feels exciting and and just like so much fun and cockrum's art oh it's outstanding it's absolutely fantastic yes i'd even i'd even say that like burns doesn't get as tight as cockrum does here but you know it's so good there were people i've i've seen fanzines and stuff from the 70s when it was announced that Cockrum was leaving X-Men people were losing it they were freaking out because Cockrum was such a big draw to that book yeah and I guess I don't like John Byrne as a human I I tend to like his X-Men stuff in the 80s uh even though I think he might be one of the weaker artists on the line as a whole from Claremont's run but that's I mean that's a tough comparison. <laughs> he just did the good ones. Uh, it's beautiful, though. Yeah, I think it, it just holds together, and it's just such a foundational piece of, of classic X-Men. Like, if you're just getting into X-Men and you're, and you're picking it up, this is like... I mean, obviously, we've already had some really exciting stuff happen in the book since Giant Size, but I feel like this just expands the world so much. Oh, this is... This is- so Giant Size, it gets weird because you get the Count Nefaria story, which is kind of bad. Right. Like, it, it's not the greatest that X-Men mm-hmm. would ever be. Uh, then you get the you get the Eric the Red stuff, which again, yep. eh. But then you get the Sentinels arc, and that's pretty good. But then you get the Leprechauns, <laughs> and then you get Magneto, which is fine. And then you get this, and this is really when it starts to go full throttle absolutely this is when i i i don't want to say it's because cockrum left because cockrum was doing some fantastic stuff but the book starts to transition uh not not too long after this into a monthly title by i think uh 112 Mm -hmm. 
112, it becomes a monthly title. So it's it's almost there. Uh, that helps accelerate things a heck of a lot. Uh, you've got Claremont knowing what kind of stories he wants to tell. Because he's, he's figured it out. He wants to do big epics on a grand scale. Like, he knows what this book is at that point, And then it really clicks. And this is the... This is the first sign of that clicking because even like this, the arc where they the Sentinels go up to space, yeah. Uh, to me, that has a lot of elements that work, and the Jean Grey thing at the end is fantastic, mm-hmm. but as an arc, it's not there yet. Yeah, and this I think they get it, they get it, they get it, they get it in this one, yeah. It's clicking on uh, on every level, and uh, we should rank this, I, I think. Um... This might do pretty well on our big list, which... Uh, You're talking about our big list of 495 wow. uh, X-Men stories. We are on the road to 500. We are almost at the end of the road. I can see it over yonder hillside. <laughs> we're close. Uh, we're, we're so close, Adam. The number one story on our list is the House of X Powers of 10. The number 100 story on our list is New Mutants, The Fall and Rise of the New Mutants. The number 200 story on our list is Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. Number 300 on our list is Into the Void from Uncanny X-Men. That's the one where they go and get Mikhail Rasputin in the void. Uh, Mechanics is at 400. And at the bottom of our list is El Draco. Oh, El Draco. El Uh, Draco. I (laughs) tremble. Boom, boom, bam, boom, boom. I'm not. We are a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. I, I cannot sing the immediate next words of that parody. All right, we'll we'll, we'll leave that alone. I think this is a, a top fifty story, Zach. What do you say? Number fifty is X Club. It is. Adam. Yes. Adam. Yes. I read a comic today. Today's the day Way of X came out. I read ah. a comic today. Where Doctor Nemesis, <laughs> where Doctor Nemesis reveals that he has replaced his hair with hallucinogenic mushrooms <laughs> so that he can constantly be high in doing science, and that's oh, written by the same guy who wrote X Club. X Club's a, you're going right for my soul here, Zach. Come on, like this, what we're talking about right now with these three issues is literally foundational to what is. Like exciting and fun about the X Men. X Club also has Doctor Nemesis with a thing on his head, though. I understand that, and you know I Here. love X Club. But as as I'm looking around at at you know what's in the top fifty, I think we're definitely in the right realm. This is so just would, like classic stuff. It is classic stuff. Here's where I'm at. Mm. Two above this is the Uncanny X Men and the New Teen Titans. Which I think is better. Really? Yeah, but it's got that good Walt Simonson art. I Walt, si- I, Walt mm. Simonson draws Galactus or Dude. not Galactus? What's the uh, Dark Side? Dark Side. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Look, Dark Side summons the Phoenix. That is an amazing issue. It is an absolutely gorgeous thing, but it is like its own f- company crossover thing. Like this is, I think, for many people, like. This is what X-Men is. And, like, this is Claremont saying, this is how the book is going to be. We're going to go for these giant sci-fi elements. And, you know, we're going to go to outer space. And it's going to be a little more Star Trek-y than you ever thought it would be. 
um, we're gonna we're gonna like set the little T up here so we can get to Dark Phoenix Saga. So I don't know. I I I think I might have a higher opinion of this than you do. You do. I can tell you, you do for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. So mm, just number forty one is Inferno New Mutants. Inferno okay. New Mutants is better. I would agree. I would agree. The culmination of uh, the Ileana saga is definitely like it, it packs more emotional weight. So I, I'm I'm good with I, that. I feel like Cable Past Fears by Zach Thompson, Lonnie Nadler, and Erman Peralta also packs more weight. But that may be because every day I stare at the page of Cable and Hope having a hug. Uh, so I'm biased there. But I think that one is on my merits better. And I think right below that, all new X-Men 1 through 5 is better. Here's where I'll say. I'm being quiet because I... I know. I, I know you are. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Talk, give, me, give me your case I, here. Let, let me pitch. Let me pitch. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I, I never talk on this podcast, so everyone ne- wants to hear Never me. heard your voice ever. <laughs> I would say this is better than number 45, which is Chamber 1 through 4 by Brian K. Vaughn and an artist who I forget. Yep. And I could see it being better than number 44, X-Men Legacy the end of that for We Are Many, another good Spurrier comic, which there are like three of right here, because mm-hmm. Legacy 300 is just below this. I would probably hold my line at yesterday's X-Men. That's got that Stuart Eminent art. I, that's, got I, that, that's got that double-page spread where Jean Grey learns her entire history. Listen, I think if I was just going with my gut, we might be... Even much higher here. Um, but in the spirit of compromise that is this show, I do love some Stuart Eminem. I do love that cable arc. So this is oh, going to be... Wait, wait. What? 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 Oh, no. What? Number 30 on our list is the story where the Sentinels come back. This is better than that. I see. Crap. I, they, Why didn't we make this list, Adam? We did Zach. a bad job. Zach, we're kicking ourselves in the butt. I'm telling you... I'm not crazy. I know that this particular story is like an outstanding fun thing. Like I wasn't just babbling about it. You were And the Sentinel story is is just as like foundational and fun, but this is more fun. This isn't as good as Life Death 2, right above it. (sighs) No. It's not it's not. It goes right there. It's number thirty. So this is gonna be our new thirty. Zach and Lonnie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't think you'll be upset. You don't need to apologize to Zach and Lonnie. If they're listening, I do. Zach and Lonnie are sitting there going, you are right, Adam. We are not as good as Claremont and Dave Cockrum introducing the Imperial Guard and the Star Jammers and the Macron Crystals and Jaff. (laughs) One, Jaff doesn't count. Two, I once wrote a comic where Jaff does something (laughs) that I forget, but it involved like... The Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel Halo 3 Legendary Edition <laughs> colon finish this fight. Uh, in Adam X, the X-Stream was there. I don't remember that comic. It's not very good. Uh, I do. I remember it, and uh, we should dig it up and put it on the internet when this episode comes out. Oh, it's somewhere already. <laughs> what I was going to say, Adam, is that Zach and Lonnie did two stories as backups. or One was a primary story, one is a backup in comics that Chris Claremont 
also wrote in, and their comics were way better than Claremont's. Dude, you're talking about X-Men Black. And X-Men The Exterminated. <laughs> okay. All right. Everyone remembers that Stone Cold classic, right? Oh, my God. We're Okay. <laughs> it's like talking about two different writers. You're talking about classic Claremont and 21st century. Okay. Anyway, I'm just I'm just harassing you. At this I point. just love how this worked out for me personally because I was just gonna say like put it in the 40s, and now you like you were like, hey, let's past past me. Listen, <laughs> in this, I said it's better than that Sentinel story. Then I saw that <laughs> Sentinel story. It's like beans. I I played myself. This list uh, is bad. No one should listen to it. It's like directionally right, but anything specific, we're like, Cheer. yeah. Once it gets granular, man, there's definitely some 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 scrambling we need to do here. All listen, right. I saw expert grade design up there, and that's way I, too high. Yeah, we we got it. We'll we will adjust. We will make adjustments. At a, at we should point. we should we should do a trial run and see if we should judge our tastes, Adam. Yes, maybe in the future. Maybe maybe I maybe. think that's a good idea. Uh. I, I am so excited to, to talk about this next story. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know this existed, did you? I feel so dumb. Um, can I talk about why I feel dumb about this just for a I second? I would love to hear why you feel dumb, Adam. Okay, so the story we're about to talk about is Iron Fist 15. And the reason I just feel like a complete moron for not knowing this existed is because for many, many conversations that we have had on this show about Wolverine pining for Jean, I have on the regular said, I really don't think that the context is there in Uncanny X-Men. I've said this repeatedly. Uncanny, it's like the scene in 101 where everyone is sad about Jean and he buys her flowers and throws it away. And that's more or less it. Right. So I'm familiar with the on-panel stuff that we see in Uncanny, I'm familiar with, of course, the the classic X-Men backup stories, which try and fill that in. But, mm-hmm. who we have this opening scene. Uh, this is Claremont and John Byrne. Um, with Dan Green on inks. That's what Dan I was thinking Green, earlier. yes. Uh, frequent inker of uh, JRJR. Um, and he is literally, like, stalking Jean Grey's apartment, holding a photo. Like, it's straight out of the animated series. He has a it's... Cyclops and Jean Grey photo in his hand, and he's lamenting how Cyclops is the wrong guy for her. And he rips he the photo in half. I can't believe that I didn't one. know this. I... I feel so dumb, and I'm so happy to talk about this. So, take Claremont, it from here. It's Claremont Byrne, Dan Green, Iron Fist from 1977. This story takes place directly after the Phoenix Saga. Uh, it takes place directly after Sabretooth's first appearance mm-hmm. uh, in the issue before, number 14. Uh, and it's interesting. This is, uh, yeah, this is... Claremont and Byrne did a 15-issue run on Iron Fist uh, that I've never read because I'm just not a big Iron Fist guy. I loved the immortal uh, Iron Fist run that Brubaker and Fraction and AHA did. Uh, but I've just not read a ton of Iron Fist since. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's fine. Sure. This issue ends, and the series ends... Like, th- Okay, I say this. This issue starts with Davos the Steel Serpent taking... Uh, the the heart of the dragon from 
uh, Danny Rand taking his Iron Fist powers. Yeah. And then Danny Rand's like, oh, man, I, I, I better go see what my friend and girlfriend Misty Knight's up to. I feel <laughs> depressed. Same time, Wolverine is, like, stalking Jean's apartment and is like, oh, no, someone's in there. I better go get somebody. That's a good impression. I like that. I know. I'm a very good Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, because Misty's not there. Um, Misty's not there. She's out all the town. She's a lady. She she is her own superhero. She does her own thing. Uh, she does not beholden to Danny Rant. Um, oh. But of course, <laughs> Logan is also wearing... Um, <laughs> He's wearing the Imperial Guard outfit of Fang. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the one appearance of Wolverine ever wearing that Fang costume. Because the, do you know? Okay, I got another X Men trivia. Do you know the story about the Fang costume? No. Wait, maybe I do. T- tell me, and I'll tell you if I remember this. Dave Cockrum knew he was leaving the book, and he was like, "I'm just going to make the next artist's life hard. I'm going to change Wolverine. Oh, get out to something that's a pain <laughs> to draw with all the little bones. It really is. It's stupid. And Burn lasted the one issue that he had to." Mm-hmm. And then one issue of Iron Fist, and he said, "Screw this! Yeah. We're going to this other costume. We're yeah. not doing this." Um, now, so there's a there's a misunderstanding here. You know, Logan thinks there's an intruder in his uh, in his mind, his girlfriend's house. Um, so that's its own misunderstanding, and they fight. But what's great is that in the grand tradition of the X-Men, the X-Men don't travel alone. So uh, we get Kurt here. We get uh, Colossus. Colossus showing up. And in probably my second favorite moment from this, Storm shows up and gets hit in the face with a bowl of potato salad. For some Storm gets some of Jean Grey's bland-ass potato salad in her <laughs> face. And that's enough for Storm? Aurora Monroe? To say, yeah, um, we're going to bring the thunder right now. Yes. Here's a hurricane for you. This is gross. She flips, and rightfully so, because Jean Grey's bad at making potato salad. It's very bland. And also, and she left it out. I mean, this is disgusting. The... You can't Come leave. Come on, there's mayo in that. Yeah. Ugh. It's, it's also such, like, the, the other reason I found that so delightful is because, you know, I think for a lot of people who grew up in the nineties, there's, there's that great scene of rogue taking the boysenberry pie in the face in what is it? X-Men eight. When, when Gambit and and, uh, Bishop are fighting and it's like exactly the same, you know, like this thing just comes flying in off, off panel and smashes her in the face. Absolutely. This is a weird slapstick comic. Yes. It's the dumbest way for Iron Fist number 15, the last issue of Iron Fist, to go. Uh, Yeah. Wait. We also need to talk about, like, the third most amazing thing in this, which is a panel which I, I just posted on Twitter randomly and, like, I feel like thousands of people liked it because they've never seen it before. But when Jean does show up after going out with Cyclops, she comes in as the Phoenix and she does her whole like, I am the Phoenix routine. And she's like, this is my apartment. (laughs) There's a, there's a big 
Troy coming back to the apartment from community remedial chaos theory energy yes. to this. Because yes. Scott's sitting there like, what are you doing? And Gene's in full Phoenix mode. And everything's on fire and bad. And there was a literal hurricane. And there was a fastball special in their Greenwich Village apartment. Yep. When Gene Gray said, y'all, we're having a house party. I went out to get some chips. Oh my what God. are you doing to my apartment? Anyway, <laughs> they have a party. Uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne and uh, Dave Cockrum all show up with their with their significant others. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned they cameoed uh, uh, Chris and, and Dave cameo in the in the last arc that we talked about. It's as well. great. It's great. It's beautiful because uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne. And Dave Cockrum all looked like they were men in the late seventies with a beard, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> puffy hair. It was beautiful. Uh, so, if you are like, you know, if you're a dumb dumb like me, and uh, you have not read this, I mean, you absolutely have to track it down. It is so much fun. Yeah, it's good. Go check. It's on that app. Go check yep. it out. The Iron Fist content, whatever. I mean. It's fine. It's a very it's strange thing to happen in the last issue of volume one of a series. It gets, it gets followed up in the Davos and the Steel Serpent, or Davos the Steel Serpent stuff gets followed up in Marvel Team-Up that Claremont and uh, Byrne were also doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how John Byrne was doing so many books at the same time. I don't know. I mean, good for him, I guess. Uh, and then Iron Fist becomes Power Man and Iron Fist, a series that lasted for a while longer. Yes, Absolutely. All right, we should rank this puppy. Um, this is this is a, a good time, and I think this is probably a, I think this is probably a maybe top one hundred story. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. Like yeah. okay, as a I'm I'm gonna say as a actual story. Oh, it's a, it's you know it's slight, but <laughs> like it's not better. It's not better than Multiple Man. From uh, Rosenberg and Andy McDonald, who's doing incredible work on I Breathe the Body, uh, at number sixty. I don't think it. I don't think it's that good. Is this better than what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires, which has a very similar manic energy? Oh man, I think it is. I, it is I, right. Yeah, it just it, it's not. It, it's not as weird of a concept, which is pretty much all what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires has going for it. Yeah, I think that this like really taps into these characters in a very fun way. Um, like you said, it's slapstick, and you don't get that opportunity to stretch that you know muscle um, in regular X Men that often. So it's just it feels like they're cutting loose in a really great way. I think I would rather read this again than like X Factor Volume Two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um... Uh, you know, it's probably not as good as Fantastic Four versus X-Men. It's probably, that's probably the ceiling. Uh, and right be- between those is the Morlock series, which is a series I kind of like, but also screw Jeff Johns, right? Um, Hey, I liked, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of those characters. I like that series. I like, I like uh, that four-issue series in general. That, that yes. Uh, you know, it's always interesting how... People's real life horrible activities uh, influence how we think about these things, but I would think this is our new sixty-five. What do you think? I think this is right above Morlocks is our new sixty-five. Iron Fist fifteen. Enter the X Men. Ah, go check that out. It's fun, man. We're 
we've been making enter the dragon puns forever <laughs> haven't we well you know when it's people's only touchstone um i've know. gotta hope that claremont claremont had to have watched more kung fu movies than just enter the dragon to write the immortal iron fist right i, I would hope like, so i feel like he was a nerd in the 70s i bet he watched some kung fu i mean you just don't know i mean danny rand is a white guy so um you know, take Again, that for what it's worth. He was a nerd in the <laughs> '70s. We can't, we can't promise everything's gonna be great. That is true. Uh, okay, so we've we're gonna go a little bit forward in time, but not too much uh, for this last. 1979 arc. is yep. where we're going. So uh, um, what's what's the last thing we're talking about here? Um, well, we're gonna go everywhere, um, including up to Canada, where Wolverine is wanted, dead or alive. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Uncanny X-Men 120 and 121. Uh, and, you know, we've already had a run-in with uh, at least the Guardian. leader of Alpha Flight. Or Vindicator. Guardian, or Vindicator, Wait, right? Is his uh, name Vindicator or Guardian at the time? He has a lot of different names. I believe he's calling himself Vindicator in this part. Uh, in this one okay i think so he's really figuring it out um but i don't i don't understand alpha flight it's fine he didn't do so well the last time he tried this and uh but now um with the x-men coming back uh from they're coming back from japan right this is after the moses magnus stuff yeah this is uh after their second fight with magneto and they have to go to the savage land and then they have to get back to the savage land and it takes them about a year. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I was just thinking about this. There's this like long period of X-Men that the, the, the big tradition of it is just, they're constantly traveling. They're always going somewhere. It's like, they never just sit still. Um, and they're on, they're on some sort of cross time caper. Uh, yes, they really are. Um, and here they get their plane taken down, uh, in our, friend to the north and alpha flight makes their debut in kicking the crap out of the x-men basically yeah they have to try and capture the x-men calling wings there too because mm-hmm. uh, she was with them in uh man misty knight's in all of these stories wow yeah her yeah. and misty knight were there yeah x-men be better friends with misty knight i bet she'd <laughs> like be fun to party with on your mutant island absolutely uh, but no, Alpha Flight comes trying to get Wolverine, and they eventually uh, just stop. They get, they the fight ends. Well, they do realize that you know what, <laughs> what's great about this is that they they don't really fight Alpha Flight to start with. They basically just like hide. So Storm creates th- this all happens on a, an airport tarmac, and Alpha Flight is you know trying to to take them take Wolverine. Um, Storm whips up a blizzard and they go basically hide out in a bunch of different downtown places. And there's some mall action here. <laughs> this did have weird, the pilot of the nineties cartoon energy. It does. Uh, you know, a Banshee is with storm and, and storm is, I guess, trying to like dress differently. Um, you know, which not like, She's not doing a very good job of it. Like she still looks exactly like Storm. She still looks exactly. Sorry, fabulous. she's six foot tall and she's <laughs> jet black and she has striking white 
straight hair. Right. She's gonna stand out. <laughs> right. They're not trying to like put her in a hoodie or something like that. Um, but you know, we we get this attack in the mall, and it's like, oh geez, we really gotta change location here for this fight. Um, so where is it that they end up? It's like kind of a rodeo or, uh, what is this location that they end up having this standoff in? It is called. It's a real place. uh, Shootout at the stampede. Uh, it is, yeah, the Calgary stampede, Mm. which has to be a real place. Yeah. There's a Wikipedia page for it. What is it? I don't know. (laughs) I think, hold on. I, I bet can... Claremont went there on vacation once and thought it was fun. Uh, it's it. <laughs> it's a rodeo. Rodeo. Yeah, the uh, greatest outdoor show on earth. That's other. So it's just it's, they go to a fairground. They go to yeah. a fairground. <laughs> but they go to the fairground and fight because that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's enough open space for them to just like actually go at it, and um, you know, Alpha Flight kind of holds their own, and Wolverine is like, you know what, this is dumb. I don't really want my friends to get hurt and you know, I, I don't want these alpha flight goons to get like busted up either. So I'm just going to go with them. And, uh, he basically surrenders himself and yet <laughs> as the X-Men are about to take off, Wolverine is in the cabin and like, uh, up, he guys? has escaped again, which is just a great, I immediately conclusion. broke my handcuffs. <laughs> You know, so uh, luckily Alpha Flight does not immediately, uh, you know, come back and try and take Wolverine again. Um, James Hudson's like, dang it, eh, fine. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this guy? Adam, how do you feel about Alpha Flight in general? I, I think Alpha Flight is interesting to a point. Um, you know, in the past, I've talked highly about uh, X-Men and Alpha Flight. You know, I, I like that that Paul Smith um, crossover but, um, you know, I, I, I still have yet to go back and actually read the series. And I think, you know, just my dislike of Byrne in general as, as a human is kind of like, why do I want to go back and read all of that? I mean, I assume yeah, there's some It's X-Men like 140 co- issues. Yeah. And the best stuff is by John Byrne. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's it's something that I'm probably going to read at one point. Am I excited to do it right now? No. Um, yeah, I don't like I don't like North Star enough to make that commitment yet. <laughs> yeah, but but I do I I do like the cast. I think they're really cool characters. Um, I like that it's a, in this a, one. In this one for the cast, we have Vindicator. Mm-hmm. We have North Star, Jean Paul Babadia, who we like. We've talked mm-hmm. about North Star in the show. North Star's great. Star of. Uh, Leo Williams and David Baudion's X Factor, which rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Two Youngman, uh, the Shaman, uh, Snowbird, uh, who I don't care for. I don't care about Snowbird. She's I think fine. she's some she's some sort of something she, or other yeah. connected to the great old gods of Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch, who again no strong feelings for, but is in the very good. Uh, Immortal Hulk. Very good Immortal Hulk. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I like I like Walter there. And then Aurora, who Aurora is definitely North Star's sister. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes gets a character uh, personality and sometimes doesn't. Um, I sometimes do like... gets too many personalities at the yes. same time. Yeah. I like the lineup of, of Alpha Flight in general. I think the idea behind it of it being sort of a mix of mutants and magic is kind of an interesting concept. Um, but... 
you know, I, I'm fine with them just sort of like occasionally popping up to confront the X-Men. I, I don't know if I need to read their solo adventures. I really don't need to read their solo adventures, especially on a team like this that doesn't even have Puck. Uh, yeah, yeah, no Puck yet. Puck's the good one. Yeah. I, I, I like Northstar, but I think of him as an X-Men character now, <laughs> so it's Puck. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is still good comics. I, I think it's fun. It's good. I, I, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, interesting to see these characters pop up for the first time. Um, but, you know, I don't think it rises to the, the heights of what we've been talking about so far. So uh, let's rank this. Number 88 is X-Men Alpha Flight. Uh, we talked about that. Not as good. No, not not even close. Um, 100 right now is Mojo Mayhem. It's not that good. No, no, it's not. Um, um, scrolling, I'm scrolling down. The stuff around Uncanny X Men 275 is at 150. What do you think? Better or worse? I think it's I, better than that, but worse than the Leprechauns of Cassidy Keep at 138. Okay, so we're in between these two. It's almost exactly as good as the Leprechauns of Cassidy Keep, actually. Yeah, it's it's got kind of a goofy quality to it, you know, especially with the the like downtown scenes um, that are that are you know after the initial assault. Um, don't... I think I know where I want to put it. All right, you tell me because I'm I'm just looking around at, at what's here. One forty three is Kitty's Fairy Tale. Okay, which I think is better. I would agree. I do think this is better than the quest for Nightcrawler at 144 from Amazing X-Men. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for it. So that would make it our new 144. This would make it our new 144. Uh, It's called Wanted Wolverine, Dead or Alive. This was the best episode in terms of story quality we've done in a while. I know we, we dragged on some of these stories a bit. They're all pretty good. We hadn't had anything break the top 100 in a spell. We hadn't had anything break the top 200 in a spell. Well, I mean, if you look at what we've been talking about recently, it's all, it's a lot of sort of like interesting dumb stuff that we were bored and wanted to do finally. Yeah. But like, you know, a video game tie in comic is not gonna, <laughs> gonna rise to the, the ranks of like a Claremont Cockrum joint. Right. I so, guess. Uh, I really, really enjoyed revisiting these, and uh, like I said, I I think Iron Fist 15 was just an absolute delight, and I, I hope people check that out. Go check that one out. It's a it's a fun one-off. Like, you don't have to know anything, nope. but if you know exactly where in continuity it takes place, it's very funny. Absolutely. Like, to me, to know when all of that's going on, also exactly this by the exact same creative team, love it. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Love it so much. <laughs> So much. Adam, we're done with this episode, and we got to thank Robert one more time. Robert, again, went on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf, threw some money at us, and if you want to be like him, uh, do the same thing. If you can't, um, tell your friends about us. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you're like, hey, hey, listen to these guys. They're pretty neat. <laughs> or leave a review. Reviews are cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think telling people is probably the best thing. I don't know. I don't know how Apple works. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to um, Comic Book Counseling Podcast. Uh, they gave us a shout out recently um, on their favorite podcasts. So um, thank you. Wild to them. choice on their part, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so yeah, word of mouth uh, goes a long way. Um, it super does. Yeah. Any? What do you want to uh, highlight? Anything from Comics XF going on here, Zach? There's always stuff. There was a good interview with uh, Kyle Starks that I liked doing. 
that went up. Some really good pieces about all the X-Men comics. Like, there's a way of X1 that's great. Go check that out. Uh, I keep screaming about Asagi Yojimbo until everyone reads it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's been almost 40 years. I figure if you haven't heard by now, what am I doing? Yeah, it's it's your uh, reason... <laughs> raison d'etre uh reason. i guess so there's, um, a, there's a sword thing that was good go read that too oh i loved that uh, issue yeah swords and i love the coverage hey, you ever of it. think about do you ever think about how magneto's best friend peepers <laughs> it's great he's a going concern he was a punchline and now we love him i like it that it only took I like, like two so issues much. and it's fantastic the way that's it's happened beautiful yeah hey adam where hey. can people People find you online because they can find Comics XF at Comics XF on Twitter or ComicsXF.com. That's right. Uh, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy or on Instagram at Adam.Rec. And uh, Zach, what are we doing next week? Our road to 500 comes to a close. <gasps> We're going to get there. It's going to happen. But at what cost, Adam? <gasps> what will we have to lose? I'm scared. Or decimate. To get there. But until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!